back to Calling All Sports. This portion of the show is brought to you by Corey Insurance, Dakota Beverage, Billion Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, Husett Speedway, the South Dakota Golf Association, and Corey and the Fireflies. And welcome back to Calling All Sports. I'm your host, Mark Ovenden, and uh, glad to have Jay Elson with us here today. Jay, it's always fun to have you in here. Yeah, it's, it's always nice to get the invite every once in a while. It gets me out of the office. Uh, it's always a fun thing. Right. Well, see, if we can do that a little more often. How's that? Sounds wonderful. Plus, I know you, I know how much you love talking about racing. Too. I do, I do, I, and I'm getting excited about the show and and getting everything started again. And it's, uh, it, you know, there's a lot of prep that goes into it and just planning. And we just had a couple of meetings the last couple of weeks, but that means it's real and it's getting close. And so we uh, we, we get excited about that, and it's going to be here before we know it. Well, and what's weird is, is just talking, you know, during lunch today and saying, yeah, you know, is the dock in up the lake yet? And and thinking. You know, it, it it's still pretty early yet. It's not pretty early yet. It's May fourth, <laughs> and that's because it's been such a horrible spring. Yeah, it and it's just been weird awful. that it's May already, and we're not talking about things that we usually. April first is when you want to be kind of ready yeah. for outdoor stuff. I haven't even seriously considered trying to play golf yet, and that the weather's got a lot to do with that. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like golf weather yet, even though I don't really care how much. You know, sun there is when I go out and play. I just want to go play. And this year it's been kind of an afterthought so far. Well, it'll get here eventually. Uh, Kevin Gorg is our guest in the second half of the show. Love having Kevin on the program. Kevin, uh, unfortunately, you and I are both probably in a deep state of mourning. Me being a, a Bruins fan and you covering the wild. I, 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 I will say that I have, I have watched, I have continued to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs, even though I vowed that I wouldn't after Sunday night. Uh, because there's just nothing like it, and I haven't been disappointed. We've seen incredible games even since our teams got eliminated. Yeah, no doubt. I'm still trying to get over it. I think, you know, as a Bruins fan, you're in the same boat, probably even a little bit more magnified by the season that they had and and coming up short against Florida. But, you know, the games have been so compelling. Um, You know, right now hockey's in such a good place. They're are so many star players. The, the game is played at such a high level of skill. Saw it again last night in the late game with Edmonton and Vegas. But we've seen it throughout these playoffs. And the storylines continue to come in waves. But let's talk about the disappointment. You know, I mean, it's, it's, um, and, and I'll let you handle the Bruins side of things because that's a whole different storyline. But for the Wild, it's, it's back to back years where they had a 2 1 lead in the series and lost the final three games. And for me, the real disappointment is not that they lost because Dallas was favored in this series, and with Eck out of the lineup, I truly believe they were the better team. But the Wild didn't give themselves a chance to win that series in games five and six specifically. I hated the way uh, game five unfolded, and they got a little too wrapped up in the officiating. And uh, I thought uh, Pete DeBoer, the coach of the Dallas Stars, played it brilliantly by calling out the Wild for being highly penalized, even though a lot of those minutes were minutes throughout the season when they got into five-minute fighting penalty situations. Yes, they were the sixth most penalized team in the league, but if you broke it down by shorthanded power play situations, Dallas and Minnesota were actually fairly close in terms of how many penalties they had to kill off. Bottom line is, the Wild didn't handle it well, and, and Dallas did, and that's why they moved on. Well, and I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on the Bruins. What made it difficult for me is the fact that this could have been it for Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, who both came back for one more year to try and see if they could win a cup. And to be honest, 
I didn't even think the Bruins were going to be a playoff team. Seriously. Hmm. And and they they got on a roll. They got they started winning games in the most incredible ways. They had they had they had the most incredible season that any team has ever had. They had a couple of great pickups right at the trade deadline. Uh, I, I I just thought for sure this team was going to go deep and maybe even win the cup. So to be up three to one in that series and mm. to see Linus Hallmark pull that boneheaded move that lost Game Five in overtime that was incredible. <laughs> from that point on, I was like, oh no, that this is yeah. Not good. Well, you you're tempting fate with a play like that. They had outshot Florida. I think 43 to 20 yep. through that hockey game. So it was just a matter of time if, if they don't make any egregious errors. And that was as big an error as you could make being a former goalie. I think some of us were better in the paint, uh, than and back behind that trying to play the puck. And uh, the stat that blew me away is the Boston Bruins were 34, four and three during the regular season on home ice. And the Florida Panthers won the final three games that were played this year in TD Garden. That's just, that's just mind blowing. Yeah, well, they were up by a goal with a minute to go in Game 7, and I thought, all right, you you managed to escape this horrible nightmare with a win. Thank goodness. And I should, it's my fault because I thought that. Yeah, it's, how dare you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, anyway, so as far as the Wild go, how do you rebound from that? Uh, the Bruins are not going to be there again next year. They're not going to have this kind of year again. They are not going to be the team that's favored to win the whole thing. I think the Wild have potentially so much going for them, but to lose the way they did, like you said, in such disappointing fashion, it seems like, Kevin, we have this discussion way too often about the Wild. Well, it's been through, since 2015, um, since the Wild advanced to the second round, and certainly that's a part of the narrative. I think if you look at the big picture, and I'll tell you right now, before this past season started, I was asked by you know, family, friends, people around town, what do you think? What do you think? And I said, it's a coin flip. They're going to, you know, it's 50-50 whether they get in the playoffs. We're still dealing with the Suter and Parisi um, contract obligations. Now that number goes up. And so, you know, Bill Guerin's talked about playing with one arm tied behind their back. I'll give the wild credit for this. The last two years on paper, what they've done in the regular season, far, far exceeded expectations. But when you do that, at some point you have to validate that with at least uh, a mini playoff run that goes beyond six games in the first round. You know, I like the youth of this organization. I like that Boldy's locked up. I like that Freddie Gaudreau signed his extension. I love that Brock Faber came in and now looks like a top-four defenseman in this league. I cannot believe who Philip Gustafson has turned into, and Bill Guerin, I think, has that on top of his off-season to-do list. Get him locked up because now... Waiting in the wings is Jesper Wallstead, who was outstanding uh, for Iowa this year in the AHL. That position looks to be really solidified for for a long time down the road in this organization. Where I worry about this hockey team, and we saw it again rear its head this year, is depth at certain positions. And and with the $14 million next year that's going to Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi for playing on other teams, you can't go out and get a high-end center that you really need right now. You can't fill the lineup with some depth on the blue line, which is going to be gone when Matt Dumba signs somewhere else because the Wild can't afford to sign him. I'll tell you, they're going to be much, much better in three years, but Wild fans don't want to hear that. What they do the next couple of years, I think, really will depend on the development of some of their young talent. We know Kaprizov is going to be Kaprizov. 
I think Matt Boldy is going to figure out a way to be a 30 to 40 goal scorer every year. But now you're going to see the next wave that's got to come up and has to produce. I talked about Brock Favor. I'm thinking about uh, a guy like Sammy Walker. What's going to happen with Marco Rossi? Is he going to make the next step or is he not going to ever become the player that, that we all thought he might be? And then you think of Kalen Addison. Will he get moved? Will he actually get a chance next year uh, to go out there and play at a high level because he was great on the power play, but he really struggled five on five. Hey, Kevin, Jay also from Midco Sports. And I just, you, you mentioned the, the quality of the game right now and, and what a high level it's being played at. And one of the curiosities I have just, it, does it feel like the NHL has hit on something with its expansion format, just with the success, the immediate success of Vegas now cracking here in year two, obviously into the second round and already up a game on Dallas? Uh, is the way they go about that and creating new, um, you know, new markets, you know, like a Seattle, yeah. like a Vegas, have they found something there that other leagues would be wise to try to follow in some way, shape, or form? Jay, that's a great question, and you make some solid points because, you know, the NHL wanted to grow, wanted to have a couple of new markets, and the template that they set both in Vegas and Seattle has allowed these teams to succeed and if you look at it pragmatically all the existing teams are really only losing a player and it's a player that's further down their depth chart but what it's allowed teams like vegas and seattle to do is to actually have a team that can be competitive year one where the market is excited for this new product and they're not coming out and winning 12 games and getting you know their, their brains beat in every single night because fans will quickly be turned off especially if it's not in a hockey-rich environment. You think of, you know, Nevada, and you think of Las Vegas, you think of Seattle. You know, these are places where hockey can grow, certainly, and, and the success of these teams early on has allowed that to happen. Now, it's just not as easy as the expansion draft. What Vegas has parlayed onto that, and, and the Wild were victims of some of this, is making some shrewd moves along the way where you either get multiple players or, or start stockpiling some draft picks and then hit some home runs there. And you look at the way Vegas has put this thing together, and they've quietly become a, a power. They've missed the playoffs once since they came into the league. Seattle in year two looks like a team that might end up in the conference final and beyond. Uh, they've hit some home runs as well. You look at Matty Berniers and some of the young talent that they've assembled. So, yeah, I, Jay, you make a great point. This is how the league can grow and, and be sustainable in these markets, and I think all boats will rise once these teams are established, and certainly Seattle looks like they're well on their way. Much of the chagrin, of course, in markets like Minnesota, where Seattle's in the second round in year two, and, and we haven't been there since 2015, so I think there's just a little bit of bitterness over here in Minnesota. Plus, they beat Colorado. That's true. Well, exactly. And I, you know what? The funny thing is, and, and all of us that travel with the team, from Ryan Carter to Wes Walls to Anthony LaPanta, down the stretch they were coming, and, and the while we're actually in the hunt to win the division, and then it became clear with some more injuries that kind of reared their head the last week of the year that the Wild were going to end up third. And so all of us were like, Colorado's banged up. They're they're a team that had that cup run last year, and they look like they're vulnerable. We don't want to play Dallas. They're fully healthy. So I'll never forget it. It was the last regular season game of the season. It was the makeup game in Nashville. And if Nashville wins this game, we know we're going to play Colorado. And as crazy as it sounds, we had all kind of come to the conclusion that we wanted to play Colorado. Colorado seemed to bring out the best in the wild. They had played a couple weeks earlier, and the wild had gone into Denver and won and played one of their best games of the season. And Dallas had thumped us a couple times this year. And 
you know what? It came down to Nathan McKinnon making a play late in the hockey game, and, and Colorado eked out a one-goal win, and we were all like, oh, boy, because we truthfully felt like Dallas would be the tougher matchup. And if I'm looking at this now on the, on the other side of it, I think we were right because, you know, Colorado, as talented as they are, never had Landeskog, never had a healthy Kale McCarr. Their goaltending, I thought, was super questionable. And, you know, Dallas was fully healthy before the Pavelski injury in game one, and they have a goaltender, in my opinion, that might be top five in the world in Jake Ottinger. You know, I, I want to go back just real briefly and draw a bit of a parallel from from that expansion talk into the college hockey ranks real quick because, of course, locally a lot of people – a lot of interest being generated right now by Augustana University and the fact that they're going to be the newest Division One hockey program. And I wonder how how parallel it is to build a team like Garrett Raboyne is going to do through the transfer portal in a in a similar way to what you know how they expand. You know, it's 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 well, kind it's, of it's apples and oranges, but it's a way to get competitive. Because, yeah, I mean, you can get more good players out of the transfer portal and well, these are guys that have experience draft. yeah at that level again same kind of thing that way and that's why i'm curious so kevin's thoughts on that and just you know it, a lot of people like to be afraid of that term right now the transfer portal because yes it's it's rearing some negativity in college athletics as a whole but at the same time in a situation like augustana is going to be in boy that's their best friend right now it's their best friend by far especially if you want to establish enough depth early where your program can get up and running I, i've been able to watch it kind of uh up close and personal being an alumni of St. Thomas here in the Twin mm. Cities and um, good friends with their head coach, Rico Blasi, has done a terrific job. College hockey is a little different in that you have that five-year window where you cannot play right. um, postseason hockey. And so a lot of the superstar talent that's out there might be a little apprehensive sense, yeah. to come play. And, and, and Rico's talked about that. I, I've done a couple of their games on, on local radio. And, and so they're doing more of a, a slow build where they want to be competitive early, but by year, you know, five and six, they want to be in a position where they can compete with the Minnesotas, the North Dakotas, and all those college powerhouses that are out there. Not easy to do. They, they made some real strides this year, and, and I think everybody in their conference, the CCHA, was looking at Minnesota State and the Mavericks as kind of the, the benchmark, the, the team that you're shooting for. And St. Thomas was super competitive. In fact, beat them once during the regular season, which was a big step for that program. And I think Augustana is going to go through a similar situation where that first year you're just looking to be competitive in games, right. you know, win five, six, seven games, but then you want to improve each year. And St. Thomas, I think went from like a five win team to an 11 win team beating Minnesota state. So there are steps along the way. And that transfer portal is so valuable because kids want to play. Kids want to be seen. They want to have an opportunity to play division one hockey. And they know a lot of these kids that they go to the U of M or if they go to North Dakota they might be on the outside looking in in terms of ice time, where if they go to a brand-new program, especially early on when these programs just get started, they can be a go-to player, and that can really help in their development. Yeah, I, I, it's a pretty exciting time to think that we're only a few months away from the first puck drop to an Augustana hockey game, and we're watching the arena, the Midco Arena, being yep. built right on the corner of the campus there. Uh, the first several games are going to be played at the Premier Center, but I know as a hockey fan, Kevin, I know how excited you are. Because you're a Midwest guy, you're a regional guy. You, I, I know the first time I brought it up to you, you were pretty fired up about Augie getting hockey. I think it's fantastic, and I think because of the USHL, South Dakota has become a place where hockey is far more uh, a big deal these days. And I think the area continues to grow. I'll actually be up there 
Next week, I'm making the drive up to see Kenny Chesney at the Sanford Center. Oh, nice. I, that's one of the most beautiful buildings I've ever been in, guys. Mm-hmm. And I've worked some, some basketball games over the years uh, for Bally Sports North. And so when I saw that Kenny Chesney, one of my favorite country artists, was coming, I said, we got to make the trip. Mm-hmm. So I'll be up there next week and, and can't wait to get back into that building. It, uh, what night is he here? Next Thursday. Wow. I, you know, these things seem to just like land on. We me. get it's so like, many of them anymore. Yeah. He, he puts on, he is one of the best showmen. He is one of my, oh, he's yeah. so good at it. Yeah. He is, uh, my, one of my favorite all time concerts was Kenny Chesney, Keith Urban, and Dirk Bentley. How's oh, that man. for a triple? Wow. Not that's a all. Yeah. And I took my boys. It, it was, it was, uh, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. I bet. Uh, so yeah, have fun. And maybe, uh, maybe I'll see you out there now that I know about it. <laughs> Nice, nice. Are we talking yeah, you'll a week probably from- have the week from the night, um, and you'll probably have the red carpet trip. You just show up, and they they show you to the to the main floor there, and put you in the the good Gucci seats. So I'll probably be up in the nosebleeds, but it'll still be a good show. Well, we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, sometimes the people that are your your friends in that business, they're like, uh, who? Who's this that wants tickets? They get yeah. amnesia. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what have you done for me lately? Uh, <laughs> nothing. Sorry. Okay. Well, I just thought I'd ask. So, yeah, that'll be a great show. So yeah, that'll that'll get you over your blues from the wild. Yeah, that'll help. It'll help. You know, and you have that reminder every night. Being a hockey fan, like I still punch in every single night and watch these games. And then when you're in it, you're looking at possible matchups. So when we were playing in Dallas and we had that two-one series lead we're thinking well maybe seattle will take care of our dirty work they'll beat colorado we'll have home ice and it all fell into place you know and it just makes that pain uh sting a little bit more when your team doesn't get the series win that you were hoping they'd have all right so who do you like to win the whole thing now as much as i hate to say it i'm not a fan of the team but vegas looks pretty good i i thought their goaltending would be a problem and it still might um but if you look at their path to the stanley cup right now uh, they're at home. They're playing Edmonton. Uh, they look, you know, especially last night, like outside of the penalty kill, which no one's figured out that power play yet for the Oilers. They've been ridiculously good throughout the postseason. Five on five, Vegas looks like clearly the better team. They really weren't healthy guys all year long, and they ended up with the most points in the Western Conference. Quietly huh. kind of went about their business. So you're going to be home for the rest of this series. You're leading against Edmonton. You might be home to Seattle, but maybe it is Dallas, but they look like a team that matches up with either one of them. And then, you know, on, on the eastern side, I, I thought the Rangers and, and the Bruins, honestly, on paper, were the class of the Eastern Conference. This bad boy is wide open right now. Yeah. I mean, look at these matchups. I, I still think Toronto will come back and beat Florida. I think once they settle into a good series, Toronto will find a way. I think Carolina is going to be tough to beat in that series, but I, I think Vegas has the inside track right now. And, um, again, I'm not a huge fan of that team just in general. Uh, that series with the Wild a couple of years ago still left a little salt in my wounds, but, um, it, it does look right now, though, like you could, you, you could play this thing out about 18 different ways. Well, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to me. Uh, I needed to dump on somebody about the Bruins, and I knew I could do it with you. So, and I was here for you for the Wild. So there we go. Misery loves company. That's the bottom line. <laughs> yes, Jay, Jay facilitated this for us. We both got it off our chest. And uh, by next Thursday, when we're sitting in that Sanford Center watching one of the greatest performers uh, of all time when it comes to music, uh, then all that pain will go away. All right, I'll see you there. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin Gorg, our guest. Most of the time, you don't give your garage door a second thought until it doesn't open or close. That's where Overhead Door Company of Sioux Falls comes in. Our service professionals are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you have a garage door emergency, we'll be there. And we're here for preventative maintenance, too. Overhead Door Company of Sioux Falls, now celebrating 55 years in Sioux Falls, plus offices in Aberdeen and Watertown. Find us at OverheadDoorSD.com. That's OverheadDoorSD.com. Just walking into Vance Thompson Vision, I, I was amazed at the spaciousness, the greetings I got at the front desk. Nine years ago, my daughter had LASIK surgery. She said, Dad, when you're going to have your cataracts fixed, you should check with Vance Thompson Vision first. Well, my wife looks so good now with these new eyes, I think we're going to take a second honeymoon. <laughs> Download our free cataract checklist advancedthompsonvision.com Buying a new truck for your farm or ranch is all about the bottom line. At Billion Fleet Farm and Ram Commercial Business Link, we know that better than anyone. We have the experience, selection, and industry-exclusive pricing and incentives to help you with your bottom line. Plus, new Ram trucks have been named Motor Trend Truck of the Year for the third year in a row. To see if you qualify for fleet pricing on a new Ram, call 888-531-1013 or go to billionauto.com slash fleet. Meet my good buddy Greg Gold, CEO of Hague Realtors and father of some terrific athletes. Greg, how long has Hague been around? Mark, we've been around over 75 years and we have over 200 licensed agents who are all really good at helping their clients with their real estate needs, whether buying, selling, or both. And you have several locations, right? Yep. We're in Sioux Falls, Brandon, Garrettson, Hartford, all over the Sioux Empire, and even out in the Black Hills. You guys do such an amazing job, and you also have some terrific personalities who are a blast to be around and work with. Every day is fun at Hague. We sold over 4,000 properties last year worth over a billion dollars. That's how good our people are. That is impressive. In sports terms, you've built a dynasty, kind of like those Lincoln tennis teams. Your contact info, Greg. It's simple, Mark. Go to Hague.com, find the agent you want to work with. We're Hague Realtors since 1945. You hear me talking about great life every day for a reason. And it's not just because my son Nick Ovenden is the president. Actually, Dad, I honestly don't know if there's anybody who gets more out of their membership than you. And that's just with the golf you play. You spent half that time at the Uh, fitness centers. What are you implying? (laughs) That I'd love to have you work out with me every morning at 6 a.m. I don't think so. How about waiting until I'm awake? Well, good thing most of our facilities are open 24 hours a day, and we've got a friendly, knowledgeable staff that'll help you get started or even keep you on track if you need to be, Dad. Let's change the subject. When are you adding new golf courses? (laughs) Well, we're always looking ahead for our members. So in addition to the courses that we have in the region, we also have great life courses in Kansas City, Topeka, and now Arizona. Now you're talking. Hey, hey, can you help me hit it further, too? Yep, any time of day. But as for straighter, I sure can't help with that. (laughs) I I know that. (laughs) But our golf pro certainly can. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a call or stop by any of our locations to see what we're all about. Or go to joingreatlife.com. Live, play, better at Great Life. Welcome back to Calling All Sports. This portion of the show is brought to you by Arby's, Overhead Door, Lewis Drug, Great Life Health and Fitness, and Fireplace Pros. And welcome back to the show. I'm Mark Ovenden with Jay Elson of Midco Sports. And Jay, you just were checking your phone. We've got a 
college basketball game coming up at the uh, Pentagon November 18th. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, another big one. You know, every year it's uh, it's always fun to get these announcements. and They do come every year, and sometimes there's more than one of them. But Nebraska's men going to be in town to play Oregon State on November 18th. So a lot of Husker fans will probably be packing it well, that's good diversity. out at the uh, yeah. Pentagon. Yeah, because it seems like we've had Iowa. Yep. A couple, two, couple three times. times, and I don't know that we've had Nebraska, have we? Uh, I don't recall them maybe, playing here. Maybe not. But even bad Minnesota did, might have been once. But yeah, I don't think so. Minnesota, Baylor, Gonzaga, a couple yeah. times. We've had some great Scots and St. John's. I mean, I think the all-time best was a couple of years ago when it was Gonzaga and Iowa, Iowa when they were both top one, five teams, one and three. Yeah, that was, and it was during 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 the pandemic. I know it. What a bummer, right? Yeah. I went out to watch. Yeah, I There's, worked I worked the game for CBS just doing some yeah. stats for him and stuff. So I got to sit right next to the Gonzaga bench and it was it was, great it was cool, day. but there yeah. was nobody there. Nobody there. Nobody. Although I will say this, there were enough family there to where e- that's the beauty of that Pentagon. Yeah. Even though there were only like a few hundred people there, it still was yep. it wasn't bad. The hooting and the hollering makes it feel a lot bigger than it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a perfectly sized facility. If you want to make a lot of noise with not necessarily a lot of people. For sure. Well, thanks for making noise with me today. It's you been bet. Great Anytime. To have you here. We'll do this again soon. Thanks for listening. And uh, actually, Mike's going to join me tomorrow. We're going to reminisce about our 13 years of doing this. Thanks for listening to Calling All Sports. Today's show was brought to you by Arby's, Overhead Door, Great Life Health and Fitness, Lewis Drug, Fireplace Pros, Sanford Health, Dakota Bank, Rosenbauer, Dakota Beverage, Vance Thompson Vision, Corey Insurance, Hag Realtors, Pusett Speedway, Comfort King, Billion Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, the South Dakota Golf Association, and Corey and the Fireflies.